You are listening to the Tom Eliff Podcast. Tom Eliff pastored for 42 years and was also the president of the International Mission Board and the Southern Baptist Convention. He is the founder of Living Word Publications. Now, here is Tom Eliff. That thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now, you'll want to keep your Bible open to that commandment in a few moments as we finish our study of that commandment, how to sow and to reap respect in your home. I'm going to ask our ushers to find their places, if you will, please. And we're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord to speak to our hearts in a special way. And we're going to ask the Lord to put his hand of blessing upon the offering as we give it this evening. And I would encourage you to give, give generously and liberally unto the Lord. Let's pray now together. Heavenly Father, how we praise you and thank you and love you for all that you've done. And now, Lord, speak to our hearts through this commandment. Honor your father and your mother. And Father, I pray you'd show us the depth and the precision with which you work in our lives and how important it is for us to follow this commandment. Dear Lord, now bless the offering. We know that it needs your blessing upon it for it to be used in a way that would bring glory and honor to you. Lord, I pray that you'd bless the Allens as they sing now for us in these next few moments. Speak to our hearts through them. I pray these things, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. In your Bible, unless you've already just kept it open there, to the 20th chapter of Exodus, as we think about this commandment, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the earth, are the land which the Lord thy God gives thee. We are looking at the Ten Commandments, each of them, in its application to our lives, especially our family lives, our home relationships. And when we have come to the end of this study of the Ten Commandments, I think you'll see how it is God's desire for us to be rightly related to Him, but in order to do so, we must be rightly related to the others around us. Now, as we have come to this commandment, I have taken extra time to share with you some principles which are embedded in it because I believe this commandment is at the heart of a great many of the difficulties in our society. This whole issue of how you get along with your parents or your children. And I cannot tell you how overwhelmed I have been with the response just to the first part of this message. Your response Sunday afternoon to Sunday morning, Sunday night to the evening worship service, and since then has been amazing to me. And so many people have said, I am, I am so glad to have discovered exactly what it is that is causing some bitterness in my heart or my inability to understand and accept authority in my life. Not 30 minutes before coming in here, I received a phone call from a dear lady in our church who said, Brother Tom, when I heard the principles which were shared last Sunday evening, that message, it caused me to reflect on something that had happened several years ago in my home. Now, she's a grown lady, but she said, I had to go to the phone and call my son, and I had to ask him to forgive me because of a principle God used in that message to expose an area of my life in which I had had an incorrect response to the Lord and to a family member. So I'm going to ask you with your Bible open to look with me once again at this commandment, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God gives to you. Now we're looking at three parts to this commandment. First of all, 
we have said that there is a principle. Now, let's personalize this. There is a principle I must affirm. If you're going to get along with God, if you're going to get along with others in your family, there is a principle you must affirm. You've got to sign your name on the dotted line. You've got to say, I am for that. I agree with that. Now, what is that principle? Here it is stated, honor your father and your mother. And as we saw Sunday morning, this word honor meant, means to treat as important, as significant, to revere. And our word respect fits in here, to honor your father and your mother. Now, the New Testament has an amplification of this when it says, children, obey your parents. Now, I say it's an amplification because it is impossible to say you are honoring someone if you do not obey them. And so honor your father and your mother. We noted, first of all, that there is a word in that principle. There is a word for children, and here's that word. There is a respect which must be displayed. Honor your father and your mother. We look at the circle of that respect. It was both father and mother. And I know many of you were raised in families where there was a, a parent missing or maybe someone that uh, perhaps had driven a wedge between you and a mother or a father. But it says, honor both your father and your mother. And we noted also the continuity of this principle. It doesn't say honor them until you grow up or honor them until you get married or honor them until you leave home. It is not a matter of geography. There is a continuity to it. We are to honor them as long as they're on the earth, as long as we're on the earth. So that is the word to children. But there's also a word here to parents. And we said to parents, there is a responsibility which must be discharged. What is the responsibility of parents? To teach children what it means to respect and to honor. And this means you must do three things. First of all, you must deserve respect. Now, children, you are to honor your parents whether you think they deserve it or not. But parents, if you want to really communicate this, you are to deserve respect, first of all. Secondly, you are to develop respect in the heart of that child. And finally, in the home, you are to demand respect. And that requires more energy than many 20th century parents are willing to express. To be, to be consistent in demanding respect in the home. And let me remind you again, parents, your children need a father and a mother. Now, they're going to have pals, and they need you to be friendly to them. But don't try to be just another one of the guys or just another one of the gals, just a chum or a pal. You need to be the father. You need to be the mother in the home. So deserve it, develop it, and demand respect in the home. And that's the reason I don't believe it's good for you to... Train your children up to be on a first-name basis with authority figures in their life, like other adults or, or people at school or, thing, or, or people wherever they work. If they see people who are older than them, they should treat them, they should be taught by you to treat them with respect because you're developing and demanding respect. You're de developing and demanding this whole idea that you honor those who are in authority. So there is that principle I must affirm. Secondly, last Sunday evening, we look at the fact that there is also a purpose I must acknowledge. In other words, God's not just thrown this rule out to see if you would keep it. This is a, this is a key issue. This is essential for you to function properly in the world which God has created. That is that you must honor your father and your mother. God's not just trying to make your life difficult. In fact, the truth of the matter is, the sooner you wake up to the idea, to the knowledge that life is easier when you honor your father and your mother, the more rejoicing you're going to have in your own heart. 
So there is a purpose here that I must acknowledge. Now, I suggested that it was a fourfold purpose. What happens to you when you honor your father and your mother? Let's review it just for a moment. First of all, you are giving the world a picture of your perception, a picture of your perception. In other words, you're showing the world what you think of God, that is, that God's boss. Secondly, you're showing the world what you think of God's delegate authorities in this world, including parents, that you are willing to submit yourself to those whom God puts in authority over you. And finally, you are, are painting a picture of your perception of yourself, who you are and how you fit in God's plan. So you picture your perception. Secondly, we know that you position yourself for protection. Honor your father and your mother, Scripture goes on to say that your days may be long in the land which the Lord thy God gives thee. And it is impossible for you to say that you have the protection you ought to have when you are living in rebellion toward your parents, when you do not honor or respect your parents. And so you picture your perception, you position yourself for protection. Here's the third thing that it will do for you. It will provide for your preparation. In other words, it gets you in a learning mode. When you submit to authority, when you honor your father and your mother, you move over into a learning mode. You are a trainable person. You're not hard-hearted, stiff-necked, but you become a meek person. The Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. The trainable is what that word means. It refers literally to a halter-broken person. And so uh, it says I'm positioning self, or, or rather I'm providing for my preparation. I'm learning how to learn. And finally we said that it perfects you for your partnership. You cannot be a proper partner to your husband or wife until you learn how to honor your father and your mother. And this is such an unusual commandment because you see all of us bring a different set of relationships to a worship service. Some of you grew up, for instance, with a parent uh, with parents who just adored each other and uh, the idea of pitting one against the other usually brought discipline. I mean, to ask one was to get the same answer as to ask the other. And uh, they honored each other and you honored them. Some of you grew up in homes where parents were constantly vying for your affection and they were trying to play one off against the other. Some of you grew up in homes that were broken and maybe the parent with whom you lived was constantly trying to encourage your loyalty to herself or to himself by discouraging loyalty to the other parent. Some of you grew up and your idea of happiness would be to get out of home as quickly as possible. You didn't like either one of your parents. Well, friend, it doesn't make any difference what kind of family you grew up in. The Bible still commands you to honor your father and your mother to honor your father and your mother. And last Sunday, we looked at all kinds of relationships, all kinds of projects, and what are the answers to some of those questions which I just raised with that set of circumstances just those few mo in, the, in these past few minutes. Now, let's look at this third issue. This is the final part of this message. The third issue, we said, first of all, there is a principle I must affirm. Secondly, there is a purpose I must acknowledge. Now, finally, this evening, there is a promise I may accept. God gives a promise with this commandment. There is a promise I may accept. Now, it's very interesting that many of these commandments do not have promises. This has a promise to it. In fact, when you look through it, you're going to find uh, very hard to find promises like this. But this commandment has a promise to it. He says, if you follow this condition, 
If you meet this contingency, here is what you can expect. Honor your father and your mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Or as we read the New Testament, that it may be well with thee and that you may live long on this earth. Now, as we look at this promise, I see here that this promise is a threefold promise. The Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. And so here is a threefold promise that will not be broken by God. You honor your father and your mother. Now, here's what he's saying. First of all, there is the promise of strength. Notice what he says here. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long. And the idea is that you will, you will live a full life. Now, this raises a question in the minds of many people. They say, well, now, wait a minute. I happen to have known a child who was very respectful, very honoring of uh, his parents. And yet at a certain age, that child was tragically killed, maybe in an accident. Or I know a person who loved her mother and her father and honored them and respected them, but uh, in her 20s or 30s, it was discovered she had some uh, terminal illness, and it wasn't very long before she died. Now, Brother Tom, how do you handle that? Well, in the first place, it's not up to me to handle that. It's up to God. But I will say this, in those instances where people have honored their father and their mother, I think very often I have heard people say, that in the 10 years or the 15 years or the 20 years of living or the 30 years of living, that individual lived out more life than many people do in a lifetime, 70, 80, 90 years. But there is here in this commandment a promise of strength. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long on the face of the earth or on the earth in the land that the Lord has given you. Now, there are two sides to this. First of all, when you honor your parents, I think that you'll have the kind of life that would be fulfilling to you because you will be protected from many things which would debilitate you. I mean, honoring your parents means that there are just some things you're not going to do. There are some places you will not, you will not carry yourself out of honor, out of respect to your parents because you love them, because you honor them, because they simply request you not to go certain places. You'll just not go there. There are certain alliances, certain dalliances, certain uh, relationships which you will not develop out of honor and respect just because that's what your parents say. And as you're growing up, you respect them. You may not understand why at the beginning, but later on, you begin to discover, will this make sense? And I begin to see the danger that I would find myself in if I involved, got involved in some of those things. And so when you honor them, you are protected. But notice it does something else for you when you honor your parents, your father and your mother. It not only protects you from those things, but it will promote those things which are healthful for your life and helpful. Not just healthy, but, but helpful. It promotes those things. You know, uh, let me give you an illustration of this. The most healthy thing you can have is a heart that is at rest. You know that? I mean, a, a heart in which you have the joy of knowing that things are right. Now, physicians will tell you that. 
that when you have the joy of just knowing that you've done right and things are right, that, that's the most healthy thing that can happen to you. I can remember, in fact, I, I think if I, if I pondered on a little while, I could even remember the specific event. But I can remember the age or the stage in life when I came to the conclusion that it, it felt good in here to honor my parents. And I like that feeling. Now, I don't know how to describe that. But, I, but I, I, in fact, I can remember the event. I had turned 16. I'd gotten my driver's license. I was starting to date. Oh, I don't, I don't mean, you know, you know, alone, you know, just all that. But we had these dates, you know, double dated, triple dated, quadruple dated, however many we could get in the car. And we had a curfew in our home, which I think is a very good thing for a family to have. We had a curfew in our home, and it wasn't midnight. It was earlier than midnight. And I remember one evening, you know, I had first two or three dates I had. I just obeyed that curfew, you know. I wasn't going to get in trouble. One evening, I could see that that curfew hour was growing close, and I was going to be about five minutes late. Now, I could have said, five minutes, who cares, five minutes. But it occurred to me that it would make my parents feel good if I did something very simple, if I just walked over to a telephone, put in a dime, and called my parents, may have been a nickel back in those days, called my parents, in those days it may have been just contacting Central, uh, but called my parents and said, look, I'm in a jam, I've, I'm a little bit late, but five minutes after that curfew, I think I can make it by then, but I'm on the way now. Did you know that based on what my mother said at that moment, I had absolute peace in my heart when I walked in the door? Here is what my dad said. He said, son, you will never know how much it meant to us for you to do a simple thing like that. And I felt great. And I discovered that I liked that feeling. I liked the thought of making my parents happy. I mean, that was great. Now, friends, let me tell you something. Some of you have physical problems. I mean it. Some of you have physical problems because you never conduct your lives in such a fashion that your heart just feels that good, just at rest. And when you have that kind of anxiety and rebellion, I'm going to get away with this, I'm going to do with this, they ought to get off my back, why do they have rules like that? My parents don't know what they're doing. When you have an attitude like that, your days will not be long on the earth which the Lord your God gives you. In the first place, you will not be under their protection. In the second place, you will not be conducting yourself in a way that promotes good health, just good health. Oh, it's wonderful to have a heart that doesn't accuse you. Oh, that's wonderful. And you cannot have it unless you honor your father and your mother. You say, oh, well, that was when you were a teenager. Hey, let me ask you this question. How many of you have parents who are way up in years and you know where they're positioned in life? 
And you know week after week there are just little things you could do that would make them happy and be a fulfillment of your ministry that God has given you. And you just haven't been doing it. And your heart is accusing you. And it just hangs over you like a cloud. Why don't you honor your father and your mother? Some of you have parents you haven't called, you haven't talked to, you haven't discussed anything with for years. You say there's not anything honorable about their lives. doesn't say to honor their bad behavior. It says honor that individual that it may be well with you. So there is a promise of strength. And friend, I, now I'm, I don't think I'm communicating with you. I'm just trusting God's Holy Spirit to lay on your heart how important it is for you to be able to go to bed at night with a heart that does not accuse you. Oh, that's a great feeling. Man, that is so wonderful to go to bed, to go to sleep at night knowing that you, you have a heart that doesn't accuse you. The Bible says in Proverbs, withhold not good from them to whom it is due. While it is within your hand to do it. The other morning, or the other afternoon, I guess it was. I just happened to think about an aunt of mine in another state. I looked at my watch and I thought, man, I'll tell you what, I'm busy. And I thought, you know, that's stupid. It would be honoring to my mother who's that aunt's sister for me to call her. As well as to honor that aunt. And just say, I love you. Brother Gary, where'd Brother Gary go? Has the rapture occurred? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I knew you'd go. Uh, Brother Gary was telling me that he calls his grandmother, I believe it is, every Sunday, every Monday morning. He said, my grandmother just sits there with a hand by the phone there in that, at her bedside. He said, I make a point to call my grandmother every Monday morning in another state just to tell her I love her, you see. That's such a little thing. But, oh, friends, what it does, there's no medicine in any pharmaceutical supply house in the country that can do for your body what an unaccusing conscience can do for you. Honor your father and your mother. There's the promise of strength. All right, that's the first chord. That's the first chord. All right, here is the second chord, not only strength, but stability. Stability. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land. Now, the children of Israel could really understand this because they were out of Egypt and headed toward a land which God had given them. Canaan land. Now, did you know there's a Canaan land for you? You say, you mean a, a place, a geographical place? Well, it may be in a geographical place, but you say, oh, I know Canaan land, that's heaven. No, that's Beulah land. Canaan lands here on this earth. You say, now, wait a minute. How, I thought Canaan was heaven. No, remember, there were battles in Canaan. The difference was you quit fighting against God in Canaan and started fighting with God and his strength against the devil and his crowd. Now, it may be geographical stability because there's something about honoring your father and your mother that, that develops those kind of close-knit ties where you, you don't feel like the first thing you got to do when you get married is run away from the rest of your family, you know. I know people say, man, I can't get, wait to get married. I want to get as far from my mom and dad as I possibly can, far from your folks as we possibly can. Well, listen, let me just say to moms and dads, and I do this in, in pre-marriage counseling, that three and a half months we, we have before this marriage is performed, you know, with each of these couples that we have pre-marriage counseling for, 
in one of those sessions, I talk with parents about how to cut the apron strings without cutting the heart strings. That's an important session. There's a lot for parents to learn. But you know, there's another side to this, this stability. It, it may mean environmental stability because you don't feel like there's a place on this earth where you can't live because your folks are there. But I think it means something more than this. I think it means emotional and spiritual stability as well. That your days may be long on the land which the Lord, your God, gives you. A stability. When I meet people who are restless, I mean, they can't, they, you know, they have bitter, critical spirit. Just, you know, just hard to look at, all sold up, you know, all the time. They just, they just can't wait. They're just, just restless and just, you know, I guarantee you, I know that I'm meeting with people who back in their early life, maybe growing up, struggled with this issue. Oh, they'd maybe have done exactly what Daddy said, but like a servant under the whip of a master, no honor, no respect, no love. Oh, now maybe they would talk in those terms after Dad's gone, but in those days, you see, or Mom's gone, but in those days, the children are gone, and you reap what you sow, don't you? You reap what you sow. And all oh, my heart goes out to those people, restless. They're uncomfortable. They're never, ever sure if they've arrived. They're just never, ever sure if they've gotten where they're supposed to be. I think if there's anything children need is stability in the home. Children, when they're growing up, one thing that just help children be healthy. I don't know if it's healthy or healthful. I guess it's healthy. One thing that really helped those kids is just stability. You know, I mean, a stable, a, a, a regular schedule. You know, you do things. Certain times you go to bed and certain times you get up and you have your quiet time and you have your Bible study and you eat breakfast together and you do certain things at certain times. I mean, that's a good thing. A schedule is a good thing for kids. But even more than that, I'm talking about even more than that. When you honor your father and your mother, the Bible not only promises strength that your days will be long, the Bible says, as your days, so shall your strength be, over in Deuteronomy 25, 33, or 33, 25, rather. But here you have stability, that your days may be long in the land. In other words, you said, I'm going to get you there where you're supposed to be, and then I'm going to keep you there. You're not going to go wandering around anymore. And I meet people all the time who even in the latter years of their life are still looking for it. If you ask what it is, they're not sure, but they're not fulfilled, they're not happy, they're not contented, they're not satisfied, they've never made peace with the perimeters of their life, they're just searching, they're just searching, they're not, what, they're not sure, but there is no stability in their lives. There's just a constant groping, and it's like they're just dragging everybody else along in their wake as they're maybe to buy something or to be something or to have a position here or to live over there or to go on this or to try that. Just a constant groping, you see, for something, and they're not sure what it is, and there is no stability in their life. How do you get stability? Right here the Scripture says you get it. You start it by honoring your father and your mother. Because when you honor your father and your mother, then you, you begin to realize your home is not a place to be run from. Your home is not a place to be avoided. Your home is not a place to be shunned. But your home has become the focus of your ministry. Whatever else you do, the home has become the focus of your ministry. 
It's a refuge. Kids ought to feel like no matter what happens in life, no matter what happens in life, there's one place where they're always loved. Always loved. And that's the home. Now, that doesn't mean that you get in a problem in your married life, you run home to mom and daddy. I love, even though uh, you say, well, old Jethro, now he, he might have been a Gentile, but I'll tell you what, he did a good thing when he brought Moses' wife back to Moses and said, she's your wife, you take care of her. You know, she went home to daddy one time, but he brought her back. But home ought to be a place where you're loved. You're accepted, you see. And you, when you honor your parents, there's such an atmosphere in the home, your father and your mother. You develop that stability that comes from a heritage, you see. The grandparents are not excluded. The great-grandparents, you know your roots. You know the rock from which you've been hewn. There's a stability in the home. All right, here's the third chord. We have two, strength and stability. Here's the third one. And this will surprise you. But it's the one about which I suppose I'm as much excited as, as any of them. Stewardship. There's a promise of stewardship. Notice what he says. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord, your God, gives you. Now, anything God gives you, he expects you to exercise stewardship over. He didn't say, I'm sending you into Canaan just to sit around on a log and spit and whittle. He said, I'm sending you into Canaan. I'm going to train you in how to take care of it. Then I want you to take care of it. Now, what is he saying here? When you honor your parents, here's the promise. You get strength in life. You get stability in life. But you also, you also are, are, are trustworthy to the extent that God can trust you with resources over which you are to exercise stewardship. And the longer you live the more time you have to be in an aggressive cooperation with God in fulfilling his purpose on this earth. Stewardship. You see, uh, uh, let me give you an illustration of this. Here's the prodigal son. The prodigal son takes what his father has, runs away because he doesn't honor his father and mother, and wastes his substance in riotous living. Now, at home, although he's, you know, he's got his dauber down, as Brother Gary said, at home, got his dauber down a little bit uh, later on, is this elder son. But because he stayed there and honored his father and mother, his father, when he, when he did get his dauber down a little bit, his father could come out of the barn and say to him, Son, you have ever been with me, and all that I have is yours. You got the run of the ranch. Why, you've been here the whole time, I don't have a thing that's not at your disposal. All that I have is yours. Now listen, when you back away from this commandment and refuse to honor your father and your mother, you may get the devil's gain in this world, but you will not get what God wants to give you and you'll never have the privilege of exercising stewardship over it. You say, well, I don't like my parents, and I've made a lot of money. That doesn't mean God gave it to you. I mean, devil, there's a lot of people in the devil's crowd that are just, just really well off, you know. See, that's not the issue. 
The issue is exercising stewardship, being in partnership with God in stewarding his resources over the land which the Lord gives you, the Lord your God gives you. That's where you want to be, not just, oh, not just out here trying to make it in some land someplace, but when you honor your father and mother, your days will be long. You have strength in the land. You have stability. And praise God, it's the land the Lord your God gives you. And you're exercising stewardship over what he is placing at your disposal. But you can't do that if you don't honor your father and your mother. Now, some of you are going to have to come up with some projects. I mean, some of you say, man, my parents live way away, or we haven't talked, or we have this kind of relationship, or like I said Sunday night, some of you say, my parents have died. And there are people all over this altar here Sunday evening who said, my parents have died. How do I say? What can I do? How can I phrase this to the Lord? And I talked Sunday evening about wh what you could say to God at a time like this, to find forgiveness and cleansing, and then for the balance of your life to honor, not necessarily the evil in a person's life, but to honor the person father and mother, because God is sovereign enough. And he's sovereign to the extent that if he had wanted you to have different parents, he could have given you different parents. And if he had wanted you to have different children, he could have given you different children. We are a holy trust, one to the other. Therefore, honor your father and your mother. There is a principle I must affirm. There is a purpose I must acknowledge, and there is a threefold promise I may accept. Strength, stability, stewardship, a real purpose in life. Why, well, those are priceless treasures. The world is searching for it, and it's right here embedded in this rock called the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. Heavenly Father, my prayer is that in these next few moments of invitation time, we will be keenly sensitive to what you're saying to us. And Father, all kinds of people here this evening who need to come to this altar and on bended knees say, Dear God, I don't know all this involves, but I am willing for you to show me how to honor my father and my mother. I want that promise of strength and stability and stewardship of your possessions. And I realize I'll never have it unless I honor my father and mother. Lord, your scalpel rakes back sensitive places in the deepest of our hearts where there are wounds and lacerations which only your blood can cleanse and your grace can restore. But Father, your commandment to honor our father and mother is just as much a commandment as thou shalt not kill or thou shalt not steal. And so, Father, may we take it to heart tonight. I pray in Jesus' precious name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, we've come to invitation time. Counselors are here at the altar. Do you know what some could do this evening that would be the most honoring thing to a father and mother? You could be an answer to their prayers. Some of you have parents who are praying for you, parents maybe who have died but who prayed for you before they died, that you would come to know Jesus as your personal Savior. Let me ask you this question. Do you have the confidence if you died, you would spend your eternity in heaven with him? If not, then this invitation time is for you.
Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. John said, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them who believe on his name. And this invitation tonight is for you to come and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. And I want to encourage you, whoever you are, wherever you're seated, when we stand in a few moments and begin singing, you just step to the aisle, make your way forward, find one of these counselors. You may want to come on now. Some are already here at the altar. You find one of these counselors and say, look, I want to trust Jesus as my Savior tonight. I want to receive Christ as my Savior. Perhaps you're here, you're a Christian, but you haven't been baptized since the day you were saved. This invitation is for you. Honor your heavenly Father by keeping his command, the command of the Lord to be baptized, an open testimony that you've died to an old life and been raised to walk in newness of life. It could be that you're not a member of this church, but the Lord's just spoken to your heart. You may have visited many times. You, you may have come tonight for the very first time, but God's spoken to your heart and said, you know, this is really where you belong. Well, then I would urge you to come. James 4, 17 says, if a man knows what is right to do and does it not, to him it is sin. If you know what's right to do, I'd urge you to come. It could be you need to do as some already have done. Come to this altar and kneel and say, Dear Lord, I'm not sure all that it involves, but I know I have not had honor in my heart or in my life for my parents, and I need to do that. There are parents who need to go to children and say, You know, I need to ask you to forgive me because I've not responsibly deserved to develop or demanded respect in our home. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to fail the rest of my life. I want you to pray with me. But by God's grace, I'll do it right as a parent. Well, this is your invitation. I would urge you to come and do what some are already doing. Find God. He's found you. Open your heart to him and say yes to him. Father in heaven, I pray that just now you touch hearts and lives. Change us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. We begin singing. You just come on right here to this altar. Lord, I know the decision I need to make. That's it. God bless you. Amen. His folks are coming.